This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast Weekly Preview Edition. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and back to join me once again, Kate the Great Maju. Kate, welcome back, and how are you today? I'm good. I'm fresh off a stint of jury duty, which forced me uh, on on the injury list, did not participate list last week, (laughs) but I'm excited to be back. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to watch my Pittsburgh Steelers tonight in prime time, so for anybody listening after the game, um, just send me your your thoughts and prayers because I'm sure it's going to go pretty poorly. Yeah, yeah. The question is, would you rather do jury jury duty or watch the Steelers in prime time? I guess <laughs> probably jury duty. And I'm not wow. like I'm not I'm not playing right now. Um, you know, like jury duty. At least I know I'm doing uh, my civic duty uh, and you know showing up to uh, traffic court. Uh, not not the most exciting civic duty, but you know what? Like that, that's fine. We're going to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans tonight. And, you know, unfortunately we've got some like big fantasy assets on buys this week. So we're going to have to help our our good audience find some, you know, maybe deeper plays and and really get our, our crew through this following week, because these are the make or break weeks at this point. Don't give up uh you know don't catch your league mates off guard with some of these plays here because this is this is like the prime time for your fantasy football teams we're gonna make those playoffs baby yeah this is definitely crunch time now here especially with all the bye weeks coming in and yeah we're we're gonna go through it all we're gonna go game by game again and we're we're gonna hit on those key players and matchups throughout um i'll I'll, like i'll be sure to include the timestamps and and put those in the episode description as well but like you said kate we have four teams on a bye this week jacksonville denver san francisco and detroit um so 14 games to go through instead of our our regular 16 but i'm excited to get into it but before we do i i do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by gerber life uh, fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist and the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future starting with life insurance fabric by gerber life makes it quick easy and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you it's all online and on your schedule you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Kate, let's get into it. And like you said, we got Thursday night football tonight, and it is your Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Tennessee Titans. Um, So where would you like to start uh, with this one? Should we just start with the home team, rip off the band-aid, sure. get it over with? Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who 
to this point in the season, obviously hugely disappointing on offense, but um, you know, some good news on the, the injury front here for the Pittsburgh Steelers or I don't know, maybe bad news, depending on how much you like Kenny Pickett. Uh, they will have Kenny Pickett available in this matchup, was left off the injury report after sustaining a, a rib injury here in week uh, week eight. Oh, my gosh. What day is it? Um, it? You know, they've got Deontay Johnson back. Obviously, Pat Fryer is still on the injured reserve, but still have these questions in the run game. And, John, I'm being honest, like even in a week where there are some some you know, fantasy assets here that, that are out, we've got four teams on by, I'm still looking at this backfield and wondering if these assets are startable here with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Um, is there going to be, you know, enough room to get the run going against this Titans defense? That's already pretty decent against the run. And then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who can't get the run going. So I think this is going to be a matchup where you're going to be hard pressed to find any sort of viability uh, for either of these running backs. I think I'm with you hundred percent. It, it is so hard to trust them at this point, considering the usage and, and how kind of ineffective they've been really. And again, going against the Titans, like you said, who have been a, a decent team against the run. I'd be surprised like, to put them inside of, I guess, like top 20 running, but to even top 24. I don't know if I love Najee Harris enough to even put him in top 24 this week in a, in a short, like in a smaller week of options too. So he's probably right on the fringe for me, but it's close. And yeah, just, I just, I'm with you. I don't feel great about it at all. Um, it is nice that we're getting Kenny Pickett back to for, for, you know, I guess for Deontay Johnson and for yes. um, George Pickens, right? Because uh, Mitchell Trubisky did not get the job uh, done so much last week when he filled in. Um, Nate actually had a, a good note in, uh, in his start sit article this week about Deontay Johnson, who saw a 61.1% target rate in the first half of week eight before Pickett got injured. And then that rate fell to 9.7% in the second half when Trubisky took over. So obviously 61%, we're not expecting that to be sustainable, but it is at least nice to know that Pickett is looking for Deontay Johnson. So that should help him. Um, I, I like the matchup for George Pickens as well to, to an extent. Um, he, he's been decent 12th most, um, Fantasy points per route run uh, against man coverage this season. The Titans have been above average in man coverage as well. So um, I, I like both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens this week. Not as crazy about like Kenny Pickett to as much or or Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. No, I, I just don't see this being a a you know scoring bonanza between either of these two teams. Um, you know the the thing about Kenny Pickett, he doesn't throw a ton of touchdowns. Uh, obviously that doesn't necessarily mean you can't start his wide receivers, like especially mm -hmm. in, you know, full PPR, half PPR scoring formats where you get those credits. Um, over the last two weeks, Deontay Johnson, despite the fact that, you know, coming back from a hamstring injury, uh, even got banged up a little bit in week eight, left the game briefly, came back, like just what, doing Deontay Johnson things. Uh, mm -hmm. Still has seen 18 targets from Kenny Pickett over the last two weeks, just from, Kenny Pickett specifically. And that yeah. is uh, something we cannot take away from Deontay Johnson. He's caught 11 of them, 141 passing yards uh, from Kenny Pickett to Deontay Johnson. So even the fact that George Pickens has been, uh, you know, the guy while Johnson's been out with injury, 
clearly Pickett's going back to the well. I feel a little bit more comfortable with Johnson over Pickens, mm-hmm. just in terms of uh, maybe the floor. Obviously, the the ceiling with Pickens super high because you never know when he's going to break off one of those plays. But generally speaking, it, you know, it's Deontay Johnson, it's George Pickens, and these are the only two assets I'm starting. I think in any of my leagues, even some dynasty leagues where I, I roster Najee Harris and I'm digging a little bit deeper in my benches this week. Yeah, makes perfect sense. I, I, I'm with you there. And on the Titans side of things, we're getting Will Levis, who was getting his second start of the season. Looked promising um, last week, but it, it's again, it's a small sample size. The Steelers defense is getting Cam Hayward back this week. They won't be uh, having, they won't have Minka Fitzpatrick. So that at least helps um, attacking the secondary a little bit with guys like DeMonte Casey and, and Keanu Neal back there. So there's maybe some holes to take advantage of for, for Will Levis. Joe, Joey Porter has been great, but you know, the rest of the corners there um, haven't been as good. So how do you feel about Will Levis being potentially like one of those streaming options, I guess, this week, as far as like filling in for some of these, there's a lot of injured quarterbacks and, and four quarterbacks on a bye. So you okay with Will Levis as a streaming quarterback, or you want to wait and see on, on him um, for a little bit more? Surprisingly, I am. I Again, I don't think this is an ideal spot for Levis. I don't think he's going to come out and, and post four touchdowns. I think what you're probably right. looking at <laughs> is probably something uh, maybe like if things go well, like, uh, you know, 220 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, I think would be a good day for Will Levis against this defense. Um, you know, we're gonna, I think, see him tested against pressure that he hasn't seen to date, uh, which will be something interesting. Um, you know, the, the Titans missing, uh, one of their offensive linemen. So that could be, you know, something to, to monitor here in terms of, uh, like we know the Steelers pass rush has been super effective between TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, um, like there, there are a lot of variables and then you add Cam Hayward back to the mix. So Mm -hmm. this could be. Um, something uh, unlike things that Levis has seen to date. So um, I I like him. The other thing about Will Levis is he's got some wheels on him and he's got, uh, I think that's probably one of the more underrated aspects of his game is his ability to run the ball. Um, You know, he's a big guy and almost kind of reminds me of like a Josh Allen type, the way he uh, is able to gain yards with his legs and and scramble. Um, I, I, I like Will Levis. I have him ranked as my quarterback 14 this year. I'm not getting too or this week. I'm not getting too cute. Uh, mm-hmm. cause I, I do think that this could be a matchup where we see him generate a, a couple of turnovers here, but again, like slim pickings this week, man, like between, you know, the, the best of the best quarterbacks, they have delicious matchups, but when you're looking at some of the streamers, there's not a ton of great matchups to target this week. So yeah. Levis, I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm with you there for sure. And as far as like his receiving options go, I mean, I'm I'm not really trusting anybody outside of DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think that's the one that I feel okay about. Uh, again, the Steelers' defense, Superman heavy. Um, 
but they have allowed some 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 holes and some leaks in their coverage 49.3 team coverage grade while in man which is 29th in the league they've allowed an 18.8 explosive play rate while in man coverage as well which is the sixth worst mark in the league um deandre hopkins has been the the best wide receiver obviously for the titans so he'd be the one if you 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 know that they could potentially help boost will levis a little bit this week we saw that obviously last week not expecting three touchdowns from deandre hopkins again necessarily but at least you know if you're looking to stream will levis uh, deandre hopkins is somebody that can take advantage of this matchup and potentially help uh will levis a little bit but that is pretty much i mean derrick henry too um is somebody to, to, that you, you're playing pretty much no matter what but um that's it for tennessee for me yeah i i think that's about where where it ends <laughs> if you want to get super cute in a dfs maybe tajay spears uh the steelers sure. haven't been great against the run but like mm-hmm. you you can't uh, spears would be a liability in any sort of long long season leagues like where don't get too cute don't get too cute with this matchup i I think the last time i checked the over under is sitting at around 36 points for this game nobody is expecting fireworks here like nobody yeah not me (laughs) yeah makes sense especially on a short week here on thursday night these games are always strange as we always say so uh let's go on to a game where the over under is going to be much higher and uh we do expect some explosive plays hopefully uh over in germany uh miami is taking on the kansas city chiefs so um man where to start with this one this is uh let's start with the kansas city chiefs i guess right because patrick mahomes obviously had that really poor outing last week, right? He, he, like eight fantasy points or something like so He was under 10. It was a terrible game. Obviously he did have some kind of flu or, or illness or whatever that, that potentially affected his game. Any concern about Patrick Mahomes at all um, going forward? This, this feels like a one-off type thing here for, for Mahomes. I think this for me anyways, this feels like a good bounce back week. Yeah. I, I think this matchup should be perfectly suitable. And, you know, I, I think, like all things considered, it just felt like one of those weird mm-hmm. weeks. And and to be honest, like every single top contender yeah. in the league at this point has had at least one of those really weird weeks. Um, it, you know, just the week prior, saw Kansas City come out, have an absolutely dominant, convincing win over the Chargers, posted um as much offense as they had all season. The defense is playing super well. Like I've I have no concerns about the Chiefs. Um, very much do not have concerns about, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I really think that every week it feels like we're seeing Rashi Rice get a little bit better and yeah. look a little bit more comfortable last week. Um, finally led the team, uh, you know, the, the wide receiver core in Kansas city in terms of routes run. You love to see it. Finally, we're getting him some more reps. Um, and, and he's not out there doing cardio. He's actually being targeted. So, um, you know, I, I think you can continue to move forward with Rashi Rice as a weekly flex play at this point. Um, how about the run game? Because the run game is kind of probably the most interesting question, I think, for me at this point for the Chiefs um, have had some ups and downs from Isaiah Pacheco. Um, are they going to be able to establish the run here against this Miami Dolphins you know, team? Are they going to have time to do it uh, like it? From a game script perspective, how do you see them being able to manage the run against an offense as potent as the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I'll be interested to see, like, at least game script wise as well. But I feel 
decent about Pacheco. It's not, again, it's not the best matchup for him. I think you probably have to start him in most leagues, probably in that kind of RB2 range again. But Miami's been decent uh, against the run. They got a pretty good defensive line there as far as, you know, being able to run stop. The Chiefs haven't been amazing as far as their offensive line goes. So it's not the most optimal matchup for, for Isaiah Pacheco, but I think you're kind of banking on some volume there. And he is getting a little bit more work near the goal line as well. So maybe potentially gets involved there, you know, because Kansas City can obviously get into scoring position. So there's always that chance, I think. He's still a play for me this week, but um, not one that I'm like particularly excited about or, or anything like that. But the rest of them, like Jarek McKinnon and, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obviously, those are the ones. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just not playing, but I, I feel OK about Pacheco. I Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Now, on the Miami Dolphins side of the ball, like, is this the least complicated fantasy football lineup <laughs> decision making of all time? Like. You start yeah. to, uh, I know the the Kansas City Chiefs not been a, a stellar matchup defensively, uh, but the Miami Dolphins, they should be good enough, right? Like they, <laughs> they this should be a high scoring game. They are efficient. Uh, you are starting all of your Miami Dolphins and it, that it, it's, it's really quite simple at this point. You start Tyree Kelly, start Jalen Waddle, you start to, uh, um, what's your confidence level for a guy like Raheem Mostert headed into this week? Uh, going up against this Chiefs defense, uh, allowing the 25th most points to opposing running backs. Um, so, it, again, not really a favorable point. And if mm-hmm. the points start rolling, can you trust Raheem Mostert? Like, what, I, I don't think you're at a point where you could sit him given the upside. Yeah, no, I, I'm like, it's basically the same with, with all these uh, Miami options, right? They've been so good that you really can't bench them, even if you don't love the matchup against Kansas city's defense, which has been good. Um, and like you said, 25th, most points to running backs, 26, most points to wide receivers, 30th, most points to quarterbacks. But how do you sit to a tongue of Iloa and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you just don't do it right. And, and I think the same thing with Raheem Mostert because these guys are so explosive. It only really takes one play for them to kind of rip one off and have like a huge fantasy day because of it. So I, I'm definitely starting them them all. I mean, J, even Jalen Waddle, I know he's been up and down this year, but he should still see enough volume to be worthy of that starting option, even in a tougher matchup. And he hasn't been like as per productive um against man coverages which the chiefs run a lot of uh this season so uh, and they've been good at it too so that 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 would be the one where i'm probably tempering expectations a little more as jalen waddle but he's not somebody that i'm benching because of it just you know for dfs plays and things like that you're probably avoiding them in that case but um season long i i don't think there's any way we could bench them right no yeah no (laughs) yeah I'd, i'd feel like this is one of those those you said it and forget it and yeah just hope for the best yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um all right let's go on to the minnesota vikings at the atlanta falcons that that matchup by the way oh very nice very nice we had the english accent i i think Uh, so i know you're asking the wrong person i i feel good about it off we design let's go uh let's head to to back on over uh where are we headed to no we're headed to atlanta so i don't know what an atlanta 
accent sounds like. So yeah, uh, I'm just going to be American yeah. for now. Oh. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Shout out to our German listeners. Um, but yeah, the uh, the game of the week, maybe Minnesota and Atlanta, because we got uh, Jaron Hall versus Taylor Heineke uh, quarterback matchup. Um, yeah, this is not going to be game of this week. the week. This is not very exciting. Like you said, um, as far as uh, quarterback streaming options, guys like Taylor Heineke, it's, it's again, it's not like the most amazing or exciting um, position to be in if you're plugging those guys into lineups, but uh, we're, we're uh, l- l- avoiding the quarterbacks here. I don't think anybody's really excited about starting them. Um, where, where would you want to start <laughs> for this game? Uh, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, sure. I want to gauge your level of confidence in this offense. Now that the Heineke hive has arrived mm. and we have a, a quarterback who maybe will be able to deliver the ball to his offensive weapons and and might be able to move up and down the field maybe um even has like some sneaky mobility to um maybe open up things a little bit for for the run game like it, what is our level of confidence that Taylor Heineke is going to come out and get the start and suddenly this Atlanta Falcons offense is going to look like what we had hoped it would for fantasy cuz to this point, even, even Bijan Robinson, like, you know, yeah. sitting at, I think RB 12 on the year, um, still seeking his first top five fantasy finish of, yeah. of the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. He's still sharing those snaps a little bit with like guys like Tyler Algier. And then obviously we saw that, that weird game where he only had like three snaps or whatever it was, but yeah, as far as level of confidence in this offense goes, it couldn't have gotten any lower than it was with Desmond Ritter at, at quarterback. It was basically like, if we're going like a color scheme here, it was in the red for me with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. So we're like getting into like a light orange maybe here for um, Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Like a fall, I feel like a yeah, warm fall color. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly working our way into like a yellow, maybe potentially being more a little bit neutral and then maybe one day it'll get to a green, but it's not there yet. Um, I just feel like, just I feel better about it. Again, it's a decent matchup for wide receivers. So Drake London, I feel okay about him this week. At Kyle Pitts, to an extent, I think could be you know inside of that top ten tight end range again this week. Considering again bye weeks and and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just so over this whole Atlanta offense and Arthur Smith at this point. I think everybody is. Everybody's extremely frustrated with him, but he's I, a jerk. I think I, he I, am I allowed to say that? He's yeah, yeah, he's he a is. butthead. He's kind of a butthead. Um <laughs> brought to you by fantasy football. Like I um yeah I he's a little bit of a butthead and I honestly think he's kind of done this like despite um <laughs> Like, I know this is yeah. like very, uh, very conspiracy theory of me, but I, I am almost certain he doesn't want to give us the fantasy assets we've been hoping for. But I do think like this matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, they could do a lot worse in terms mm-hmm. of uh, a matchup to at least make the pass look a little bit better and look a little bit more productive. But um, yeah, you're, you're playing Drake London, you're right, playing Kyle Pitts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, I'm putting those guys out there this week and, and hoping that the quarterback change is enough to kind of spark the offense a little bit. And hopefully we get some more accuracy. I know we were kind of hoping that with Desmond Ritter going from Marcus Mariota. So again, we just kind of stay with these, you know, low end quarterbacks here and, and kind of hope for one of them to, to emerge. But I think you, you go with Drake London this week. We go with Kyle Pitts 
John Smith and like super deep leagues really. Um, but yeah. And then the B. John Robinson, I, I have a hard time sitting him. I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a fine matchup uh, against Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then on the Minnesota side of things, like I said, we got Jaron Hall at quarterback, maybe Josh Dobbs uh, the week after that, but Let's start with the running back here, Alexander Madison. Um, how are you feeling about Alexander Madison? Atlanta is giving up 31st most points to running backs this week. So a very tough matchup for running backs. For me personally, you give me any reason to bench Alexander Madison. I am going to take it at this point in the season. He has been not good. I, and, and what's crazy is Minnesota's offensive line their their run blocking unit has been the second best in the league and he's still one of the most inefficient running backs in the league 39th in yards per carry uh, with 3.7 weird backfield usage there with cam Akers getting chunks of time as well and now you get this difficult matchup here against atlanta i'm all the way out on alexander madison this week how about you yeah, all the way out yet to allow a single running back more than 15 fantasy points at a single game this year like they face some good running backs too, like Travis Etienne, yep. a top five running back on the season. Jameer Gibbs, we've seen what he can do. Uh, just under nine fantasy points a piece to each of those. Like, it, you know, this has not been a a high upside matchup to target. Um, this is a, a defense that hasn't yet allowed a single rushing touchdown to a running back this year. Uh, seventh lowest explosive run plate uh, run rate in the league. Like, not a plus matchup. Not at all the one to hope that Alexander mm. Madison just breaks one off. And I'm going to be honest, like I, I want to see what this offense actually looks like with out Kirk cousins uh, and like, yeah. how often are they going to be able to run the ball? Even uh, like, are, are they going to be able to get something cooking enough in, in the passing game to, to keep them in games? Like uh, that, that's what I want to know. Cause the, the Minnesota Vikings defense, I don't think is strong enough to hold off. Like uh, for a comparison to my Steelers here, like the the Steelers offense sucks, but the defense is enough yeah. to just kind of keep them hanging in games just perpetually. And this that's not the case for the Minnesota Vikings. So kind of interesting to see how this is going to play out from a game script perspective, but definitely not the matchup to test uh, your, your running backs against. I will find any other player Besides Alexander Madison, I have a good one for you though. Alexander okay. Madison or Najee Harris. I okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go Najee Harris. Um, <laughs> I, I see I'm that's you, how bad I, yeah. that's how bad it is. I know I, it's you feel kind of gross about it, but man, like you, talk, it's the battle of mid there again at the running back position. But Najee Harris, yeah, I, I'll take him over Madison. Madison has been incredibly frustrating to me. He's just like. He has the the offensive line that he can work behind, and he's they're giving him as much as they can, and he's doing nothing with. It. He's like the opposite of what James Conner was um, while he was in the lineup, right? The Cardinals' offensive line was terrible. James Conner was like out outdoing everything that he could to basically come up with extreme efficiency um, despite the offensive line. And then for Alexander Madison, it's the opposite there. It's a great offensive line and really poor efficiency for Alexander Madison. So I'll go uh, with Najee Harris um, this week, uh, but yeah, it's not like a super high confidence, but I'm just, I'm fed up with Alexander Madison. Yeah. Um, that, that <laughs> kind of, says it all i'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm fed up fed up um and tired which is why yeah it, literally anybody else but um i'm gonna be honest anybody who like asks me start sick questions on twitter 
Uh, if you ask me Alexander Madison, I'm probably going to say literally any other name <laughs> besides his. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and then how about, so we, we know Jaron Hall's a court. How, what's your levels of confidence for somebody like Jordan Addison? Um, because we don't know really what Jaron Hall's going to be a quarterback. Um, it, it's not like an amazing matchup against the Falcons, but I don't, feel like terrible about Jordan Addison where like if I've been starting I feel like he's been good where he's kind of earned targets he, he's it's not uh you know I think Jaron Hall should be at least kind of kept clean in the pocket so there might be time for him to throw the Atlanta defensive line is is not great um at, at delivering pressure or uh anything like that they ju- they also just lost their best interior player in, in Grady Jarrett to a torn ACL so maybe um, on Jordan Addison, I, I feel okay about him. How about you? Am I am I reading it wrong? Should I be benching Jordan Addison this week? I think it depends on your options, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I can, you know, obviously you're starting TJ Hawkinson. If I can afford right. to sit any of these guys just to wait it out. Um, you know, this isn't like a super plus matchup. You know, it's not the scariest, but it's also not the, the most fruitful uh, mm-hmm. matchup for the Atlanta Falcons. Defense has been decent. Um, you know, you mentioned the the maybe lack of pass rush from the Atlanta Falcons, but um, you know, I I don't know if how much Ezra Cleveland is going to to move the needle here. Um, traded guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars. Um, not sure if that will that make any sort of difference. No. No, not for me. Not <laughs> no. Uh, not well, okay. not against Atlanta necessarily, right? Just because, like, like I said, they lost that their best interior player in, in Grady Jarrett. Although David Onyemata has been good, but um, yeah, I, I just don't. I still don't love the Atlanta defensive line. So I, I don't know. So you I, don't I think care. They're... You're like they could run free and they're <laughs> fine. Um, that's yeah. that's totally okay. Um, I I just don't. I I don't know. Um, again, it, it's I I'm gonna have. Addison ranked as like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three sort yeah. of flex play. Um, I, I'm not expecting a lot of upside. I'm not looking to get him in like my DFS lineups or anything no. like that. Like we're, I, I think if you're starting him, you're going to really hope for, for a passing touchdown. You're going to hope that he takes one to the house, uh, which luckily he is the type of player that can do that. So probably not in a position to sit him, especially considering the the players were missing this week, but I'm not excited about it. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah. About where I am anyways, it, like in that kind of flex range, wide receiver three type, probably, um, it, you know, assuming that we have some, some other good options at wide receiver as well. Um, but yeah, I think you, you play him and you know, it could, it could work out again. There's there's some advantages, at least for the Minnesota offense to an extent against Atlanta here, but we'll see how it goes, obviously. Um, all right, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, where do you want to start with this game? I don't know. Uh, let's start, let's talk <laughs> about the run game here in sure, Seattle, because sure. I think maybe that's like the biggest question mark yeah. I have for the Seattle Seahawks right now. Um, we saw finally a, a little bit of you know, a increase in snap share here for rookie Zach Charbonnet last week, um, out snapped Kenneth Walker for the first time mm-hmm. in his career, uh, didn't translate to a ton of touches necessarily, but he looked good. And you know what? You have Pete Carroll out here, absolutely singing his praises all throughout the week. Like he he's he's liking what he's seeing from Charbonnet and I I can't blame him you know Charbonnet I thought was one of the most well-rounded running backs coming out of this draft class um just 
he's different than Kenneth Walker. What Kenneth Walker offers you in, in terms of that breakaway speed, home run hitting ability, I think Charbonnet just adds this element of stability. Like, you know, he's always going to fall forward. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of like lower body strength. He's going to, you know, play through contact. And I think that's starting to catch the eye of good old Pete Carroll here. Is there any world in which you're buying the hype and you're throwing Zach Charbonnet into a lineup this week? Um, I'm buying the hype. I don't know if I'm starting him, but I, I at least feel optimistic about him that his role can at least kind of increase and, and g- he'll give us more fantasy value as the season goes on. Right. Like, like you said, he he is a different running back than Kenneth Walker. Um, Walker didn't really profile much as a wide, re- as a receiver uh, running back. So Kenneth or Charbonnet offers that at least that we're seeing him getting a little bit more work as a receiver as well. And we've seen him be um, efficient with his touches, especially last week as well. Um, you know, in his first game back after the, I guess it was a hamstring or something like that. He missed the, the week prior, but um, good to see that he looked healthy. And and I think, like you said, there there's talent there and it's going to be hard to kind of keep him off the field, especially since he does offer something different than Kenneth Walker. So I, I probably wait and kind of see what the usage is again this week because I know Kenneth Walker also kind of dealing with some injury stuff. So maybe there's, um, you know, there's there's some of that reasoning behind it as well that, that Charbonnet got more work. But um yeah, I feel I feel good rest of season about Charbonnet. There's there's definitely going to be, I think if things keep trending in this direction for him, there's going to be weeks where I'll be starting him. But I think this week I might I might wait on him. Um, but yeah, that's just me. I think that's fair. I just okay. but had to throw it out there. I had to. Throw yeah, it out no, there. it's good. It's good. Yeah, he's he's a really interesting player, and I think there's going to be some fantasy value there um, at at some point this season for sure. Um, how about anything else on on Seattle? Because I mean, we we feel pretty decent about uh, Metcalf and 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 Lockett, Geno Smith. Ugh. So Baltimore is allowing uh, the least amount of points to the quarterback position. So uh, yeah, Geno Smith is somebody that could potentially be avoided, but you you're probably not benching Metcalf or Lockett because of it. But um, as far as streaming options go, Geno Smith probably not the answer this week um, going against the Ravens. Um, he just hasn't been as effective as a fantasy option this year as he was last year either, right? So this this matchup doesn't bode well for him. Um, how about on the Ravens side of things? How do you feel about potentially uh, Gus Edwards? I know we've, we've kind of been talking about Justice Hill as, as kind of the one that when it was close, like the one that we'd prefer, but Gus Edwards has kind of pulled away a little bit here and he's been pretty effective lately. So how do you feel about um, starting Gus Edwards here against the Seahawks? I'm loving Gus Edwards. Now the Seahawks have improved their, their rushing defense overall from last season. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the, the free for all matchup that it was last year, but this is still a great spot. And, you know, like we talked about the reasons we liked justice Hill and it was because of the usage where he was being utilized. Um, And we've actually seen a flip in that usage over the last two weeks. It's really been Gus Edwards in the red zone. He's been converting those rushing touchdowns. Um, It's been Gus Edwards inside the five. Like that is, the exact usage that had us giving the nod to justice Hill, if you had to pick one. Um, So, you know, the, the fact that now you have Gus Edwards getting the bulk of the carries, which he has all along, um, but he's also getting those valuable touches that are are worth, you know, more than your standard carry. Like that is what's going to set Gus Edwards over the edge. And I mean, he's been what a top two running back each of the last two weeks. 
Um, it's a fine matchup. I think you absolutely play him. Um, you're going to play Lamar Jackson, obviously. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about Zay Flowers? This could be an interesting matchup. Um, team ranks eighth in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. So not, not a bad matchup. Um, you know, and he's looked good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm playing Zay Flowers for sure this week. I mean, he's really been like far and away the, the, the Ravens top wide receiver, right. And, and it's him and Mark Andrews. And then there's a, there's a mix of everybody else. So, um, he's going to, he's been super effective against zone coverage specifically. Seattle is the most zone heavy team in the league. Um, and Zay Flowers ranks tied for 24th in fantasy points per route run against zone. <laughs> Um, no other Baltimore wide receiver cracks the top 80 in that regard either. So, um, Zay flowers is the one for me. He is the only one that I'm trusting. And like you said, eight most points to wide receivers. I'm not trusting the rotation enough among those guys, the rest of those guys, Odell Beckham and, um, uh, Rashad Bateman to, to, to plug them into lineups just yet, but, uh, very happy to, to plug Zay flowers into a lineup this week. Yeah. Just over, you know, seven, seven and a half targets per game for Zay flowers. You love to see that usage. Um, obviously you're playing Mark Andrews. I think right now, at least the Baltimore Ravens feel like one of the simplest offenses yeah. for fantasy that <laughs> we just kind of, you know, we have our questions answered right now, which feels really yeah. nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think you kind of know what this offense is. You have Lamar Jackson, uh, the, the only sleeper play maybe that I, I could point out here. Um, any thoughts on Rashad Bateman? Uh, he's getting the, uh, the, the treatment from Lamar Jackson saying he needs to get Rashad Bateman the ball. And I mean, Rashad Bateman, like we had been all, everybody in the fantasy community was all aboard the Rashad Bateman train when we thought he would be healthy. And it seems like he's gotten healthy. Um, this is a nice matchup for opposing wide receivers. Any thought to the like squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing? Like is Lamar Jackson going to force feed Rashad Bateman targets this week? That would be nice. I just don't know if the snaps are going to be there, right? Like that, that was the only thing with this, this Ravens wide receiver group, other than Zay Flowers is they're getting Odell Beckham in there. That's not a full-time role. Rashad Bateman's working in there. That's not a, it's just, I don't know. I, I would be, I think there's potential maybe like for that target rate, like you said, it's just how much of that opportunity is going to be there throughout the game. And again, this is still a run heavy offense here uh, with the Ravens. So Ah, God, I love Rashad Bateman too. I, I really liked him coming out. I liked him as a player, but he's continuously let me down. I, I, I feel like I've been burnt. So I I'm trying to, trying to, to, I don't know. I'm trying to move away from Rashad Bateman at this point. So I, I don't okay. think I'm starting him this week. <laughs> Just to be clear. Like I, I don't think you should, but yeah. I've seen some of the narratives on uh, floating around the Twitter sure. sphere of people, you know, who remember the, the days of yonder before, Odell Beckham was in town before Zay Flowers was drafted. They they remember the days of Rashad Bateman. He, he hasn't cracked 36 receiving yards yet this season. So like I'm not yeah. I'm not anticipating it, but just figured it was a timely discussion given the fact that Lamar Jackson just came out to say that he wants to get him the ball more. But to be fair, he's been on the field for seven games this year and has yet to see three targets, uh, more than three targets in a single one. So I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like maybe like a deep like DFS play or something like that. You take a shot on him for it. Like he's the probably deepest be... of DFS yeah, plays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we we still like I still like the talent. I still believe in the talent, but just not the situation over there um right now, anyways. So um 
I think that's pretty much it from this game. Let's move on and, and we'll just do a quick uh, ad break here from uh, the folks at Prize Picks. Um, so I didn't get a chance to go through and pick my own picks here, but we do have a PFF Prize Picks lineup specialty um, this week. And that is Tajay Spears with more than 12 and a half receiving yards and Will Levis more than 202.5 passing yards. So a little Thursday night special there brought to you by the folks at PFF. Uh, how do you feel about that? one cage any any confidence in 12 and a half for for taji spears and and will levis i like that because you know what the pittsburgh steelers uh not good against running backs and it i don't know that secondary has been a liability unfortunately for the steelers I like it. All right. Yeah. So let's roll with that one. Um, and then prize picks also mentions that with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, uh, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So for example, LeBron James, plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus reception. So uh, that that's, that's interesting. I want to see like a, if they can work a way to get like Travis Kelsey plus Taylor Swift combos, somehow like tickets sold plus receptions. I feel like Travis Kelsey, not going to be a, a, a high contributor in that one, but um, it, it still could be fun. Um, but yeah, go to pricefix.com slash PFF fantasy and use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricefix.com slash PFF fantasy and use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns and I kind of want to start with the Arizona side of things because they are doing my guy Clayton Toon dirty for his first <laughs> NFL start this week um, going against the Browns defense. Uh, not ideal for Clayton Toon getting his first NFL start against this team. The Browns allowing the 28th most points to quarterbacks. We know all of their defensive metrics being among the best in the NFL. So as far as this Arizona offense goes, I have confidence levels that are all in the red um, at this point for for everybody. Marquise Brown, again, I don't love him. I, I'm trying to avoid their running backs if I can afford to. And maybe Trey McBride. I don't know. How do you feel no. about Let's start. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, 30 Let second me most you. points to tight ends. Let me stop you there, bud. I yeah. I know. I I was fading Trey McBride last week and I looked yeah. like an absolute idiot. He finished as the overall tight end one. It like can you trust him again? Because he he rolled the dice. It wasn't a great matchup for opposing tight ends last week. And McBray McBride came out and did what he did against the Ravens. But now you got, you know, just a, a terrible situation with Josh Dobbs shipped out of town, a rookie quarterback, this entire Browns offense or defense has allowed just 133 total yards to tight ends all season long. That's that's lowest in the league, allowing the second lowest EPA per play on targets to the tight end position. Like this is just a no-go. There will be not one single, like, and I'm in too many fantasy leagues, John, I'm in way too many. There will not be a single Arizona Cardinal on one of my rosters in an active lineup, period. I think I'm with you. I, I really do. I, I don't know that. I mean, yeah, like Marquis upside. Brown, I know there's there's not there's not much. The hope for me, like only because I like Clayton Toon. So like there's this sliver of hope for me that he can be at least serviceable. No, at... <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm I'm, with you. I cannot wait for Clayton Toon and Trey McBride to connect for like six touchdowns this week. And you're never going to let me back on the show again. Um, and it's been nice knowing you all, but no, I just, I'm, I'm not comfortable enough rolling the dice. Like this is already yeah. an inexperienced NFL tight end. You're pairing him with an inexperienced quarterback up against it. What is arguably like a, a top three NFL defense? Like, no, thank you. I just, yeah. no. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough for the Arizona Cardinals offense this week. I wish we got Clayton Toon in his debut against a better defense, at least a more favorable one for him. So that's not going to be the case, unfortunately. So let's look at the Cleveland Browns instead. Um, Deshaun Watson potentially returning. It seemed like he was back at practice this week. So Okay, um, what about uh, the running back situation? Because Jerome Ford uh, and Kareem Hunt were kind of sharing carries. Pierce Strong was working in there as well. Who, I guess, do you trust among this Browns backfield here if you're going to be starting anybody in lineups? I think you're going to start Kareem Hunt. Um, I'm okay starting Jerome Ford. The thing about this backfield is you kind of have this extraneous factor last week. Yeah, Jerome Ford, he suffered an ankle injury the uh, the week prior, had missed practice throughout the week. And then you saw almost a perfect even split of offensive snaps between Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, and Pierre Strong. Yet Hunt lead the team in carries, and then you you had him get the red zone work, end zone work. So like from that perspective, I think you start Kareem Hunt. My only question is with another week removed from this ankle injury, do we see a change in, in Ford's usage? Maybe we see a decrease in that snap share for Pierre Strong, and then we see the workload for Jerome Ford increase potentially. Um, you know, Ford still was efficient last week in his limited touches, but um, that's the only thing I'm kind of, you know, keeping my eye on or right. in terms of just seeing what a- another week with him further removed from this injury looks like. But I think the only one you can really trust with like a, a feel good moment, like in the, the full green is going to be cream hunt for some of that touchdown potential, uh, a touchdown in three straight games here. And like I said, a lot of that is thanks to like where he's been getting carries and that's been in the end zone red zone anywhere yeah yeah i'm with you i I think it's it's still kareem hunt but i don't feel terrible about jerome ford i think he's potentially startable in those deeper leagues and that kind of like high-end like rb3 maybe territory um because yeah i I think there's there is potentially you know again getting healthier like you said a week removed from that ankle injury and i think it more cuts into pierre strong's workload as well and we see jerome ford get get some more carries this week and and he's he's been effective um and it's a decent matchup too like the browns offensive line going against a pretty poor cardinals defensive line as well if we're looking at the o-line matchup uh, o-line d-line matchup tool um jerome ford has earned 7.9 yards per carry when given at least a yard before contact, which is the seventh best mark in the league for running backs who have at least 25 carries. So um, th- there's there's some efficiency there to trust in Ford. And and I think you expect the, the workload to potentially increase a little bit as well. Um, and I think we see Pierre Strong decrease a little bit um, this week. That, that That's kind of my read on it anyways. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Um. Anybody else on the Browns? I, I mean, I feel pretty good about starting Amari Cooper, but anybody else that uh, get grabs your interest this week? Um, I think David and Joke is a fine play. It's not a great play. Um, meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. I'm not. 
I'm just not excited about this game in general. I think this could be one of the lowing, lower scoring matchups of the, the week here. Um, I, I just don't know that we can expect a whole lot of fantasy production from this game just based on game script, just based on the state of these two franchises. I'm not overly excited. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not it's not an exciting matchup at all. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what Deshaun Watson looks like um, potentially starting here with that shoulder injury and whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's Amari Cooper. Feel OK about those running backs in, in deeper leagues. And then, yeah, Arizona, like you said, um, we are avoiding the group. So let's go on to the next game on the list here. It is the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Um where can we start with this one? Let's start with uh, let's start with the Packers, I guess. So, um, okay, we got a few streaming options at quarterbacks this week. How do you feel about Jordan Love as as one of those potential streamers this week? Again, with the injuries at quarterback and and the bye weeks as well, is Jordan Love somebody that uh, that you feel pretty good about? The Rams allowing the eighth most points to quarterbacks so far this season. Mm, I <laughs> this is such a a absolute brutal just ugh, i i hate this week john i just hate this week um i'm not feeling great about jordan love i'm honestly like i i understand the matchup it should yeah. be conducive to some scoring here but like to this point in the season i mean jordan love he hasn't been efficient right like it mm-hmm. he hasn't been he hasn't been great he's completing less than 58 percent of passes like we've seen the touchdown production diminished significantly like he started red hot with back-to-back three touchdown outings to start his career and then since then it's just kind of been and i i don't necessarily know that i feel confident enough in the weapons he's got around him you know christian watson for as much you know maybe upside that there is there hasn't been the most efficient when targeted um it is his birthday today so just um, um, you know, today as we're recording Thursday, November 2nd. Um, so happy birthday, Jordan Love. I'm going to hope for a, a viable fantasy day for you, but I'm not, not so sure it's coming. It's just been a, a really brutal stretch for him. And it that's mm-hmm. not to say that he can't be the franchise guy, but I mean, five straight games with a pick, like it, multiple picks at at times and he's not throwing enough touchdowns. It's just not a good enough matchup for me. And there's too much inconsistency, too much inexperience here for these receivers to, to overcome that for him. Yeah, I I think that's fair. No, it's it's fair, and and I think you know part of the the problem too has been these these weapons, right? Like the it feels like Christian Watson has really kind of under delivered, and and he has it doesn't just feel that way. He's definitely underperformed, especially compared to last year. We knew there'd be some regression, but it's been pretty rough at this point, and there's been some injury stuff there to be concerned about as well. But I am not overly excited about Christian Watson this week. Like if I have to pick, I mean, Green Bay wide receivers, I'm probably going Romeo Dobbs and, and Jaden Reed over Christian Watson. If I have to, I just don't trust him at, at this point. Like it's, it's kind of messy. And I, I, I don't think he's, he's all the way healthy. And that part of it has me kind of concerned about Christian Watson right now. It's really been all or nothing for Christian Watson to this yeah. point in the season. You mentioned even like Jaden Reed, he's, 
uh, a rookie and has been more productive for fantasy mm-hmm. than Christian Watson. Interestingly, like throughout this week, even the the roster shape rates for Christian Watson are still kind of through the roof and it boggles my mind. Like I fully think that Christian Watson is droppable at this point, just given how this offense is playing and the fact that there seems to be two better wide receivers uh, staring Jordan Love in the eye right there. Um, who offer a little bit more consistency and efficiency in, in terms of that connection there. Um, you know, Jaden Reed, even, even being a rookie, um, you know, has, has been kind of a pleasant surprise, three touchdowns on the year so far, um, you know, has been kind of consistently involved, uh, involved, uh, you know, since the, the start of the season and you love to see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Those guys have definitely been more consistent. And yeah, I mean, maybe like if you're aiming for upside, you take the swing on Christian Watson. But if you don't need the upside, you want consistency, you don't want somebody to kill you with a low floor um, on this week, then then yeah, I'm fine going Dobbs or Reed or even Luke Musgrave. I, I know still zero touchdowns on the year, but um, the, the Rams are giving up the fifth most points to tight ends. I'm hopeful again for Luke Musgrave, but I know uh, more of like a tight end too, um, more than anything so far this year. So uh, there's potential um, this week, but yeah, still been kind of down, I guess, the, compared to expectations. Um, yeah, not not been a super fruitful matchup, but again, like it feels like he's still um, he, he's like been close, right? It, yeah. it feels like close, but no cigar. You can't trust Luke Musgrave as much as I love him. And I think he's got plenty of upside, um, just hasn't shown enough. And again, like same concern I have for Jordan Love, like what you're really hoping for with some of these streaming tight ends is the potential for a touchdown because one touchdown and you might find yourself with the top five tight end <laughs> yeah. uh, with how things go. And I just don't know that that production is is necessarily going to be there for Luke Musgrave, even if this is a favorable matchup. Yeah. And he keeps getting banged up too. It doesn't help that guys are trying to kill him out there. Um, like yeah. Kareem Jackson, for example. So uh, that's been part of the problem is he's left games as well with injuries. So um Anybody else on Green Bay? I know Aaron Jones is continuing to be limited and maybe getting increased workload slowly here. So it's still hard to trust him. Again, another guy we know has extremely high upside, but just hasn't been getting the the, the workload that we've hoped for from Aaron Jones so far this year. Um. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Hmm. It's hard to trust them at this point, right? Because the it doesn't seem like the Packers are trusting him. So we want to see that, that workload increase a, a little bit and yeah, the AJ one thing Dillon. that has like it maybe been a good sign, so like for the usage, you didn't see an increase in usage last week. Mm-hmm. Although you did, uh, in by usage, I mean touches. Yeah. Um, the one thing we did see with Aaron Jones is that his snap share increased a little bit. We've seen a decrease in snap share over the last two weeks for AJ Dillon. So like maybe this is just more of a matter of like making sure he's healthy before you ram them into defensive linemen. Um, maybe that's, that's it. But like, I, I think you have to be really cautious with Aaron Jones at this point. It's really hard to sit him, uh, just knowing the upside and the potential. Um, that's probably the one sign of encouragement that I can give though, to our listeners is that fact that we're starting to see that, that snap trend in the right direction. I'll just hope for another week of that. And then maybe, mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe we can feel comfortable with him moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, on the Ram side of things, we don't know exactly who's going to be quarterback there uh, unless I missed it, but Matthew Stafford, maybe he's coming back. He's got that, that thumb injury. I kept trying to look for 
um, injury news on him. And for whatever reason, I keep getting like Kelly Stafford versus something called blue face um, as, as a feud. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is, but uh, I'm not getting the Matthew Stafford injury news that I'm looking for. So um, I don't know who's going to be at court. Brett Rippon again, maybe last week he was not great. Um, how do you feel about uh, the, the Rams? I guess their wide receiver options. If Matthew Stafford isn't able to go this week. I, I, think you have to play them and, and mm-hmm. hope for the best, uh, just knowing their upside, knowing their potential for volume. Um, but generally speaking, I'm feeling a little bit better about these running backs than I am the wide receivers. Yeah. Um, Green Bay been a fine matchup for opposing running back six most fantasy points per game um, to the running back position. And y- you have LA who should need to run a little bit more like, it, you know, if you have Ripon, you should probably run the ball more, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have Stafford, you're going to need to run the ball more. So like, I think there might actually be a little bit of room here for both of these Rams running backs, both Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. Um, Royce Freeman actually pretty widely available in fantasy leagues right now. So if you do need a spot play, I think you could do much worse than him. Um, Green Bay has, you know, generally been a, a nice matchup, a, a efficient matchup for opposing running backs. So think you can do worse there. You, again, you start the wide receivers because you have to, um, and the ceiling's too high. Like you cannot, you have to assume that a quarterback will target his best receivers and hope for the best. Um, but you know, I'm not getting cute with a Tyler Higby or anything like that. Right. Uh, just kind of crossing your fingers that, that, you know, things go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think that that's a perfect explanation of it, right? And yeah, it doesn't really matter who's at quarterback there. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, these guys, um, they've been so productive this year that it's hard to bench them. And and they always perform better against zone coverages. Um, I know they went against a very man-heavy defense last week and struggled. So um, they get a zone-heavy defense this week, and uh, that that could be a little bit better for them as well. Um, all right, let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. Uh, where do you want to start with this game? Ugh. Um, great question. <laughs> this is a very interesting matchup. Uh, let's start with the, the Houston Texans who have been one of sure. the more, I think, interesting offenses and maybe more surprising yeah. offenses than we've seen all season. Um, I mean, the Houston Texans, like CJ Stroud played, has played super, super well to date. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you saw them kind of come out of the bye and, and just didn't seem to be as aggressive and like, felt like there was a lot of hype coming out of the bye and it just felt like, uh, you know, in week eight, just kind of slowly deflated, mm-hmm. um, you know, CJ Stroud didn't, didn't do a ton, um, took five sacks last, or, uh, sorry, took zero stack, two sacks. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm just a mess. <laughs> um, two sacks last week, but didn't throw any passing touchdowns, which, right. you know, literally the, the, not, it's not a, it wasn't a hard matchup against the Panthers, um, not like the the most favorable matchup, but I think you kind of expected maybe a, a little bit more from CJ Stroud in that outing, um, you know, just 24 pass attempts on the day, which like they came out of the gate and were just so pass heavy. Right. Mm-hmm. And you knew that wasn't necessarily sustainable, but it was also working for them. Like they, right. they've been winning games and, and they've been, you know, maybe not as many as you'd like, but <laughs> Like it it had been working, I think, in a, a much better and more efficient way for them than the run has to this point in the season. So 
for me, the biggest question mark is, do they gravitate more towards CJ Stroud in this passing game? Um, you know, that's definitely going to be the way to attack the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like the, um, the matchup against running backs continues to be a, a tough one, a challenging one. Um, Bucks are along the 29th most fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. Um, you know, the way to attack them has been more so through the air. So like, from a game planning perspective, uh, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to sort of flex my rookie. Um, you know, I think this could be a, a really nice bounce back spot for Nico Collins, for Tank Dell. Um, but again, you just need the game planning to be there and you need CJ Stroud not to only throw 24 pass attempts on the day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think they will pass a little bit more this week. And like you said, it did cost them against Carolina last week. So I'm with you. I think Nico Collins and Tank Dell are strong starts this week. Um, both of those guys rank among the top 10 wide receivers in fantasy points per route run against man coverage this season, where the, the Bucks have run like at least a league average amount of man coverage as well. They mix it up a little bit there. So there's some room for them to kind of attack. And like you said, ninth most points to the wide receiver position as well. Um, so those are the be the guys that I I'd be looking at as well as Stroud, Collins, Dell, not interested in Damian Pierce. I, I know he's still getting a little bit more of the goal line work there, but uh, like you said, not a great matchup against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has allowed four rushing touchdowns this year, but all of them have been to quarterbacks and none to running backs. So um, there, there's that as well. So I, I don't have interest in the, the Damian Pierce types uh, or Devin Singletary this week against Tampa Bay, but very interested in Tank Dell, Nico Collins, and CJ Stroud. Uh, I think this is a decent matchup for them to get back on track here. How about on the Tampa Bay side of thing? Any anything really interesting there for you for these guys? Because I mean, we know like Baker Mayfield, he's been able to take advantage of like the really positive matchups in a way, not so much in tougher matchups. He's, he's this is kind of like an average matchup for him. So it's harder to, you know, want to plug him into lineups, but it's not overly scary either, but yeah, I don't know. I don't feel great about um, a lot of the Tampa Bay options this week against the Texans who have been good um, as far as coverage goes. And, and, you know, it's not causing you to sit Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, but um, at the very least probably have you tempering expectations a little bit for them. So anybody on Tampa Bay that you're excited about this week? Um, Nobody I'm excited about. I still think you're, you're playing Rashad white for the hope Mm -hmm. that like, he's going to get some targets. Um, You know, even if the, isn't necessarily the the best running back matchup to target anymore for the running back position. Definitely concern more about the the receivers. So they're the Texans' biggest sort of weakness. Uh feels like it's more, you know, for these like slot receivers, uh, not necessarily um, you know, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, who like Chris Godwin can play on the inside or play out of the slot. He has for uh the last several years. And suddenly this year they've primarily used him just on the outside. So have seen that, that flip in usage, which has made me, like you said, temper expectations for both he and Mike Evans, um, just knowing where the Texans weaknesses are. If they can like, you know, use Chris Godwin out of the slot a little bit more this week, I think that would be to their beneficial to better to their benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To their benefit. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that is, kind of it, like it is what it is and they think it's that yeah yeah 
No, no, that makes sense. I, I think it's, yeah, it's pretty straightforward matchup. I don't think you're, you're scared of uh, the Texans defense to the point where you're benching these guys um, because they have been very productive. Mike Evans, especially has been super productive regardless of, of coverages that he's faced or anything like that. So I, I like Mike Evans. Um, let's go to the Washington commanders at uh, the new England Patriots here. And let's start with, uh, let's start with the Washington offense because um I, I don't know. The, the Patriots offense is really not that interesting to me, but we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but I am definitely interested in the Washington offense. So let's start with, uh, let's start with their wide receivers. So what are your trust levels here, at least for Jahan Dotson? So he's coming off his best week uh, of the year. Obviously he had the QBs or wide receiver seven finish. Um, he had the touchdown last week. Interestingly, both of his receiving touchdowns this year have come against the Eagles in week four and week eight. Um, but he's still just seventh on the team in target rate, 14.1%, which is 79th among wide receivers who have run at least a hundred routes this season. So it's a, it's a man heavy defense there in new England. They've been pretty good um, from that coverage. It's not like a terrible matchup. They are giving the 12th most points to wide receivers. So trust levels, I guess, for Jahan Dotson, do you want to see it one more time from him or are you okay plugging him into lineups this week? I'd like to see it one more time. I, mm-hmm. I think like I, I just knowing, uh, how volatile this offense has been at times, especially in terms of uh, like who that production came against, right? It came against the Eagles and apparently Sam Howell against the Eagles is like Patrick Mahomes (laughs) against anybody uh, except the Denver Broncos apparently. Uh, But like kind of interesting to see them find so much success against this Eagles team. It is a team that's been, hemorrhaging fantasy points to wide receivers. So like that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense that Jahan Dotson found some success against a, a coverage unit. That's been allowing a lot to wide receivers. So um, I'd like to see it against, you know, maybe a, a little bit more challenging a matchup, you know, this Patriots defense has not been necessarily what it has been in previous years, but mm-hmm. uh, it, they are beatable in some ways, but I just don't think that this is a spot where I'm going to trust, you know, a guy I consider, um, you know, pretty much a, a wide receiver three, you know, on, on most days, um, you know, on that respective offense, not just for fantasy. Um, I just don't know that there's enough upside there for me to be chasing against the the Patriots here. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat as you. I, I do. I love Jahan Dotson, liked him coming into the season, but he hasn't really shown it this year outside of the last game. And I think I do. I want to see it one more time, at least some consistency there out of him and 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 his usage in this offense. Because we know the volume is there for um for Sam Howell and company. He leads the league in dropbacks uh, with 369 so far this year. So there's a ton of passing volume to be had, but he still hasn't been able to get the usage that we've hoped for. So I'm um, pretty much Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas this week um for for the Washington uh, receiving options at least. Um, anybody else on Washington that's interesting for you? No, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, I, like I, I want to, um, you know, I'm, I'm trusting Sam Howell. He's been really productive yeah. to date this season. Um, you know, Brian Robinson, it, it's kind of been a roller coaster, but you know, again, like if you're in a, a pinch and, and need a guy that might fall into the end zone, you know, he's leading the team in, in carries inside the five. So like those valuable touches have been Brian Robinson's, but 
again, I, I think this entire offense, maybe outside of, uh, I mean, even Terry McLaurin to this point, you know, can be kind of volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the ride you're taking here with the Washington commanders in general. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Howell is the star that, uh, that we love here in wow. Washington, but everybody else is, is struggling to keep up with him. <laughs> um, and then on the new England side, um, maybe we could find some deeper plays here. I don't know about you, but um, it is so hard to trust this offense at this point in oh. the season. I know Washington, they're giving up the second most points to the quarterback position. They're given the second most points to the wide receiver position. But the question is how much do you trust this quarterback wide receiver? receiver combo here in new england they've been rotating their wide receivers like crazy for me kendrick Bourne feels like the only one worth trusting and then if i have to come up with a deep play it's probably demario douglas they're both the top two on the team in target rate but kendrick Bourne out he's out this week oh torn acl ACL. when did i how did i miss this i don't know it uh, yeah it broke my heart um yeah one of my favorite no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I so I uh, they actually thought it wasn't going to be an ACL. So the the news kind of slipped through the cracks there because mm-hmm. uh, they were kind of marketing it as I think a less severe knee injury than it was. Um, okay. So like that top receiving option out for the year. So like the, this offense is going to have to move on quickly, and they haven't been efficient with really anybody else besides Kendrick Bourne. I actually yeah. think Demario Douglas could be an okay option given the matchup. And like, it, let's consider the fact that Washington just traded away their, their two best pass rushers, Montez sweat, chase young, they're gone. Hopefully that'll mean a clean pocket for Mac Jones. And hopefully that'll mean he can find a wide receiver. Maybe, um, you know, Hunter Henry, I think also kind of a, a fine play yeah. considering, you know, they're going to be without Kendrick Bourne who leads the team in targets. Um, but yeah, you're not going to like any of these new England assets. This is a game where if you're starting the, the, the players in it, you're going to not watch it and just pray. And you're not yeah. going to check the score until the game is over and done because you're probably going to be sweating through three quarters of football. And then you're going to get your point production at the end um, I think you can do worse than Demario Douglas. He's been, you know, to this point in the season, actually, um, one of the most efficient, you know, Patriots receivers leading the team in yards per route run, um, leading the teams in, in yards after the catch per reception, like from an efficiency standpoint, PFF receiving grade, like it, he's been mm-hmm. the best guy, um, is a six round wide receiver ready to step up. Um, I don't know, but at least it's against the Washington commanders, which they are hemorrhaging fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So yeah, this is like, if you can't start him here, you're probably not going to be able to start him many places. He's, you know, seen an increase in snap share over the last two weeks anyway, uh, even with Kendrick Bourne in the mix. So we might've started to see that tide turning. It might just be turning a little bit quicker now, but bounce back soon. Kendrick, we, yeah, that, that's a bummer. I, 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 yeah, I don't know how I missed it, honestly. I, but yeah, 
Barry didn't work here. And then, yeah, shows how much I care, obviously, about the New England wide receivers. But yeah, that's how not relevant this team has yeah. been for fantasy because they <laughs> they don't pop up in your analysis very often. You know why? Because no. they don't score fantasy points. Yeah, yeah, they really don't. And and yeah, Demario Douglas, yeah, that, that does make me feel a little bit better about him, at least as far as guys that can earn targets on that team. And he's played over Juju Smith-Schuster even in the slot as well. So um, there, there's potential there for Demario Douglas. So yeah, don't mind that. And like you said, if you can't start him this week, then yeah, these guys are getting airlocked out into space uh, for the rest of the season for me, basically. So um, let's go to the Chicago Bears at the New New Orleans Saints. Um, and we'll start with, uh, let's start with the New Orleans side of things here. Um, Chicago's allowing the third most points to quarterback. So decent matchup for Derek Carr, who had a nice game last week. He, we know that he's got some offensive weapons there, so he could potentially be one of those streaming quarterbacks this week. I know he's not somebody that we typically feel great about starting on a regular basis, but I don't know. I know you, I know you're, you're also anti Derek Carr, but how do you feel about him this week against uh, the Chicago bears? I am usually pretty anti Derek Carr, but this week I think he's he's fine. I I regret to say it out loud. Um, nobody <laughs> nobody quote me on this, but Derek Carr uh, sitting right now as my quarterback eleven in my rankings this go. week. I think the the weaponry is there, and you know what? Like for as much mockery as the Chicago Bears have been this year, it, like their rushing defense has actually been yeah. um, like better than I think you would generally expect so um i i think that this is kind of a, a good spot for them to maybe funnel some of that work through the pass uh you know just given the um some of the inefficiency that they have not been giving up on the ground so i, I think this should be a favorable matchup for Derek carr i'm fine with Derek carr he's got the talent surrounding him so like mm-hmm. it's not a weapons issue we know that um you know and and he's looked a little bit healthier uh, at least last week. So, you know, hopefully we see that tide start to turn. Didn't, uh, you know, target our, our friend uh, Alvin Kamara 80 times last week. We saw a little bit, uh, we, we saw things calm down a little bit there. So hopefully, uh, you know, going to use some of those weapons down the field. Rashid Shahid, uh, super efficient. Chris Olave, obviously super talented. Like this offense is loaded and this should be a, a situation where, you see some some pass heavy game script here. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. And Chris Olave definitely has to make up for that really embarrassing drop um, that he had <laughs> last week, where it like hits him right in the face. Um, so yeah, I like Chris Olave this week. Um, obviously, like Alvin Kamara a ton. I think Nathan has him as his RB one this week. So um, we like the matchup a decent amount, but a lot more for the the receiving options there for Alvin Kamara as well, especially in PPR. Um, but like you said, yeah, Chicago surprisingly decent against the run. Um, and Michael Thomas, probably more of a flex option for me, but that is pretty much the New Orleans Saints, I think. Um, well, Rashid Shahid, um, as far as like deep threats, you're looking for somebody, the Bears defense is not one that you're scared of, obviously, as far as um, their their passing defense goes, their secondary. So there's potential there for Rashid Shahid maybe to pop off another one of those big plays, but he's a, a lot more boom bust, obviously. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. Um, and then on the Chicago side of things, Ugh. do we know who is starting uh, at quarterback? Is it Tyson Badgen again this week or is it Justin Fields? I, I still haven't seen anything to clarify that um, at to this point, but it feels like they might be going with Badgen again from what I saw earlier in the week. Um, 
I think, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Tyson Badgen. I, it seems like the grip strength still isn't necessarily there for um, Justin Fields, unfortunately. So it like seen some ups and downs here from, from yeah. Badgen. I'm not excited about really any of these guys, but I don't know. At Cole Komet, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in love with Cole Komet. I'm starting DJ Moore. How do you who would you play against Deontay Foreman versus Roshan Johnson? So we've seen Roshan Johnson get a little bit more work. Foreman's been decent. We saw freaking Darrington Evans getting more of the goal line work last week, which was weird. So Ugh, just that backfield's gonna be a mess. Like oh, Khalil just, Herbert, yeah. Yeah, gonna be returning. I think eligible to return after next or after this week, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um like this backfield's going to be a colossal mess. Yeah. Um, not not looking forward to any of them. But like even the usage was just so chaotic between these running backs last week. Um, you know, saw Roshan get uh, plenty of the the routes run, and it, you just saw a lot of like mixed usage that I don't think you can really feel great about starting any of these running backs. Um, just given sort of the the myriad of usage and like defensively don't love this matchup against the saints yep. here um along the the 28th most fantasy points to running backs just not been like a matchup to target uh let alone target for a split backfield that's going in three different directions yeah yeah this is uh, this definitely feels like a group to avoid um if you can here and pretty much across the board i mean dj moore is the one that i feel okay about starting but again the saints man coverage unit has been excellent this season so it's you're really kind of hoping for for dj Moore to get pumped with volume there and if it's tyson badgen at quarterback that makes you feel probably less good about it so um yeah apologies to anybody that has to start any bears options uh this week it doesn't feel like a great week so Let's go on to the Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. And let's start with the Indianapolis Colts fantasy options because Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, the dynamic duo over there, it's been a relatively even split in snaps. Moss has been super effective. He's still had double digit carries in each of the past two games with Jonathan Taylor in the lineup. He's got a rushing touchdown in there as well to bring him up to five on the year. Um, this is a great matchup for for running back. So Kate, would you be starting both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss this week? Yes. My bold prediction is that both of them finish as top 15 running backs in week nine. Let's go. It just seems like there's enough room to go around. And this is like, there's going to be a matchup where two running backs can eat. I think it's going to be this one. Um, They've ranked eighth in, in among NFL teams in total rush attempts since Jonathan Taylor returned in week five. Uh, the Colts are averaging o- over 140 rushing yards per game in that span. That's the third most in the league, uh, leading the lead in rushing touchdowns in that span. Like the volume is there. The efficiency has been there. And now they get the Carolina Panthers backfield that they're allowing just over 32 fantasy points uh, to the running back position since week five. And I don't know. You can't get much better of a matchup than this. They've allowed four different teams backfields combined for 175 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns uh this season i smash yeah yeah the defense i'm excited 
Yeah, this is a good one. This is this is definitely a good one for these guys and really for the Indianapolis offense. I know um, Nate wrote up uh, Gardner Minshew as a start this week. I know Nick wrote up Michael Pittman as a locked in wide receiver one this week. So we, we know you get that a Car- start. You get a yeah, start. You yeah, get the, a start. <laughs> the Carolina defense has just been, yeah, really full of holes here and they're banged up as well. There's a lot of injuries. There's no real stars on that defense other than Brian Burns. And even he's had his struggles um, this year as far as consistency. So this is, yeah, a great matchup for the Indianapolis Colts. I think you're starting those guys um, fairly easily. And on the Carolina side of things, Indianapolis also a decent matchup for running backs here. Car- uh, Indianapolis giving up the fifth most points to running backs. So it's not necessarily Miles Sanders. Um, Chuba Hubbard is the guy uh, out snapping Miles Sanders. How do you feel about uh, this backfield um, this week? I'm loving Chuba Hubbard. Like, I, I think this is a, a fantastic spot. And, you know, like he wasn't necessarily like super efficient with those touches, but we've sure. kind of seen this trend away from Miles Sanders. And, you know, for as not efficient as, you know, maybe Chuba Hubbard has been, Miles Sanders has been less so. And yeah. I think that's kind of what they're hanging their hat on right now. Chuba Hubbard's just kind of been the better running back on the field. Um, Miles Sanders had just two total carries in week eight. Like, and he was off the injury report. So mm-hmm. I, I know he was coming back from the shoulder injury, then went into the bye. Um, but he was fully, fully removed from the, the injury report, had no designation heading into this game. So like the fact that he saw just two carries, you know, having been designated as healthy, you don't love that, but I do love Chuba Hubbard and I'm I'm going to trust that this offense is just kind of rolling with him and, you know, it, it might not be efficient, but it's really difficult to find a, a running back that's going to get 15 or so touches every week. And I think that's Chuba Hubbard right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you hundred percent. And like you said, it wasn't necessarily the most effective week for him last week with those touches, but he's been decent this year. I, I think that could be, you know, he could have better days ahead here. He hasn't been like Alex and Alexander Madison levels of inefficient or anything like that. So um, we like this matchup here against uh, the Indianapolis Colts. They're also without uh, one of their best run defending um, defensive lineman Grover Stewart as well. So that really helps uh, the potential there for Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah, I like him like Adam Thielen. Bryce Young, eh, probably like on the fringe of a start for me this week, but he's really mostly going to be for super flex leagues more than anything. Um, anybody else on Carolina? No. Um, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, why roll the dice? I, I know. It's true. Yeah. They're the, the guys like, um, what's his face? Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark. Like, they just have not been involved enough or consistent enough to be to be trusting in fantasy lineups at this point adam thielen has just been the target monster over there so that is the guy that you definitely want to put in lineups but other than that yeah i'm with you i think those are the those are the guys that we'll focus on um all right let's do one quick ad break again last one it is from our friends at manscaped uh cue dramatic music i hope they weren't expecting me to play dramatic music but they put it in their ad read anyways <laughs> but i do not have dramatic music uh it's not a bird it's not a plane it's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen um gentlemen our friends over at manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below the waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new lawnmower 5.0 ultra we're talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine ai is cool but i think this might be the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen um upgrade your grooming game to the ultra sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with code pff 
high tech for low places. Uh, Manscaped, every man knows how scary it is uh, when you get going for a close shave below the belt. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Inside this package, you'll find the star of the show, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Their fifth generation trimmer features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. Taking it on the go, Manscaped has you covered. Uh, this puppy comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or weird looks in the airport. This right here is on the cutting edge of cutting pubes. Unreal. Um, upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will follow. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Uh, get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. All right. There's that one. Um, let's go on to our final stretch of games here. New York Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders. Kate, uh, where should we start in this game? Um, I don't know. The The Raiders don't really feel like a spot that uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't like. What do we do? <laughs> what do we do with the Raiders? I honestly have no idea at this what point. Like this, It is a mess. And for those of you who did not catch the just total dump of news this week, uh, you know, head coach fired GM fired. Like this entire team is going to look a lot different this week. Um, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo benched, like we're going to have Aiden O'Connell as the starting quarterback. The team says he's going to give them their best shot. So cool. Um, the, the, I don't know, it, the majority of targets I presume will go to, um, like they did in, uh, you know, O'Connell's last tenure here uh, just a few weeks ago went to Devontae Adams, went to Josh Jacobs and not many to go around to the rest of the group. Yeah, it, it is. It is a really strange team at this point. Um, yeah. Jimmy G getting benched. Today's his birthday as well, um, by the way. So oh happy my birthday, God. Jimmy G for getting benched. Um, I so did yeah. see the team tweeted out happy birthday, Jimmy G. And yeah. it, like it, Feels like a the scheduled after, tweet that they <laughs> Yes. The day after the man is benched, you go out and I get like you have to tweet him happy birthday. Yeah, but yeah. man, like you benched him the day before his birthday. That is ice cold. Ice it's cold. brutal. It is brutal. So I, I don't know what this team is gonna look like under Aiden O'Connell here, but you gotta figure the message is, you know, feed your stars, right? Devontae Adams obviously frustrated um last week he was clearly upset on the sideline jimmy g missed him on two deep throws that basically would have been huge gainers potential touchdowns as well so you got to imagine they're going to try to feed Devonte adams hopefully jacoby myers works in there don't feel great about that potential um happening here with o'connell josh jacobs i i feel fine about starting him there there's you know, I don't think you can avoid him. I think this is a nice matchup for him as well against the Giants. The Giants are giving up the ninth most points to running backs. Um, they've allowed uh, 1.6 rushing yards before contact per attempt is the third worst mark in the league. Their run defense is 54.5, which is 20th in the league. So uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, is in for a strong week here. I think he should be getting a lot of touches again. Um, and a, a telling number too, DraftKings has his rushing total at 73.5, which he's only been over once this season. So um, that's telling you what they think uh, Josh Jacobs is going to do this week. So high expectations for him, but 
we'll see what the passing offense looks under Aiden O'Connell. He's starting Devontae Adams, but Jacoby Myers might be on the fringe for me this week. Would you be playing Jacoby Myers? Um, no. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. And it, I, it, that's coming from somebody who very much appreciates what Jacoby Myers has done this season. Mm-hmm. Like he has looked absolutely incredible and he's made the, the new England Patriots look like absolute fools for letting him walk. But, yeah. um, yeah, not, not trusting it. Like you said, I think there's going to be a really big emphasis on getting your playmakers the ball. And I, I think the main playmaker here is going to be Devonte Adams. And to, like I said, um, you know, in O'Connell's last start, that that was one thing he was good at was getting the ball to yeah. Devonte Adams and, and you know feeding the man the rock and that is I, I think all you can ask. Um, how about on on the Giants side of the ball we have Daniel Jones returning, which maybe is a good thing or not. I don't know. Um, but you know Saquon Barkley having a matchup against this Raiders defense that has allowed just explosive play after explosive play to opposing running backs. Yeah. Um, fourth most fantasy points in the league to opposing running backs. Like it, it, I think Saquon Barkley might actually eat the Raiders defense alive. Uh, <laughs> if Daniel Jones can play well enough to just keep them in the game. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's one of the issues as well, right? Is Daniel Jones kind of dealing with that off behind that offensive line, which has been so, so bad. Um, and Daniel Jones has not been good under pressure at all. He is a 29.2 passing grade uh, when pressured this year, which ranks 34th among 36 qualifying running uh, quarterbacks. He's thrown three interceptions, zero touchdowns when pressured, five turnover worthy plays, zero big time throws when pressured. So I worry about this offense uh, as a whole this week. And that's why, I don't know. So I, I love obviously starting Saquon Barkley. I love him. I, I I worry that it might be a bit of a trap just because of the game itself and just how bad this Giants offensive line has been. Like I, I'm starting him no matter what, but I don't know that he's like a smash play like for DFS or a top five play necessarily. So the Giants offensive line, 47.1 run blocking grade is last in the league. They've generated 0.9 yards before contact. That's 28th. Raiders defensive line is the eighth best as far as run defense grade goes. So they're not like terrible as much as they do give up plays from time to time. They can at least potentially take advantage of the, the matchup in the trenches here just because the Giants offensive line has been so bad. So I obviously you're starting Saquon Barkley, but I don't know. I, I'm not like so excited for him that he's like a locked in like top five running back for me this week or like like i said for dfs options i could be wrong there maybe this is my hot take for the week basically i I don't know (laughs) that might that might be a good hot take so i i think you know we have darren waller who's out with a hamstring injury right now for uh the new york giants so like i i think you know if nothing else like obviously you know the giants offensive line i don't think you can count on them like you said maybe for as bad as the raiders have been against the run maybe the the giants have been that much worse in terms of their, their run blocking. So that might even out a little bit, but we might see Saquon Barkley here really heavily involved as a receiver, just given the absence of Darren Waller. Um, You know, I I think they're going to need to get the ball to somebody. They haven't really found the guy to this point. So, you know, this might be a, interesting spot to continue to feed Saquon Barkley touches. It might not come in the form of 36 rush attempts like it did last week. Um, but I could see this being, you know, another game. He's had two receiving touchdowns so far in the year. Um, you know, I think on the back of some of that, you know, 
need just to to figure out a way to quote unquote run the ball uh like sometimes when your offensive line can't block that's like the best way to do it that we've seen the Buccaneers do that kind of all season long with Rashad white, like these sort of dump off passes mm-hmm. are, are more effective than actually running the ball. And that's, I think sort of the workaround that we might see from the giants here, especially given the, the absence of Darren Waller. But I mean, we've seen Saquon Barkley average more than four yards per rush attempt just once this year. So like, you're not going to expect, I think an efficient day, but I think we can expect right. a big day. And yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm eager to see where your bold take, how bold you're willing to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe I'll say it like more for not non-PPR leagues, right? Is, is ah, you can't back <laughs> off. You can't back off now. No, 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 no. Okay. All right, fair, fair, fair. Um, all right. Yeah, and then the rest of the Giants offense, I have pretty much zero confidence in, especially after seeing what that wide receiver core did last week. They did absolutely nothing. And I know it was uh, Danny DeVito. Uh, or whatever, Tommy DeVito at quarterback there um, for for the Giants for for a lot of the game. But yeah, not excited about uh, the Giants wide receiving options. So trying to avoid them this week until somebody emerges. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Should be a good matchup. Um, This is some... A couple good defenses here as well, but there are some potential matchups to take advantage of. Like you said um, earlier in the show, the Eagles are giving up the most points to wide receivers. So obviously love that for CeeDee Lamb. He's not being benched by anybody. So any interest in like a Brandon Cooks maybe um, for for this week against the Eagles? I know, you know, he's had a score here and there. Um, Would he be a deeper play for you this week? Yes, I actually, I really like Brandon Cooks this week. Like this has been a perfect matchup for opposing wide receivers. Um, you know, obviously the, you know, as strong as the Dallas Cowboys defense has been, like this is still a, a high powered Eagles offense that is going to necessitate that they keep throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Eagles just defensive line, not going to be conducive to any sort of efficiency in terms of the run game. Um, this just kind of screams, you know, throw the ball and that's what teams have been doing against because they haven't been able to establish the run against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. So um really like just the the overall potential for game script to be, you know, very much in in favor here for Brandon Cooks. Um the you know the Eagles allowing the most fantasy points in the league to opposing wide receivers. Uh Brandon Cooks, he's on a two game touchdown streak. Maybe we make that three. Um target chair has been, you know, pretty consistent to this point. And I, yeah, I, I like this matchup and, you know, over the last three games that Dak Prescott has played against the Eagles, there have been a lot of points scored and mm-hmm. Dak Prescott has been actually pretty efficient, averaging like 290 yards per game against the Philadelphia Eagles in their last three meetings. Um, you know, this is, is one of those instances that I could picture this being, uh, you know, one of those surprisingly high scoring games, uh, despite the fact that these are two good defenses. Um, and I, that's going to translate to me starting Brandon cooks and several lineups. Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that for sure. And Jake Ferguson, uh, as well, he he's been excellent. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm plugging him into lineups. I think Nate has him actually as tight end six as well this week. So, um, yeah, Ferguson's, a, a, another guy that we can definitely start and yeah, Dak Prescott. Absolutely. So, on the Eagles side of things, um, Dallas, that Dallas defense, again, super strong, but it's not stopping you from from starting uh, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift. 
Um, the one player that that is interesting, obviously, Devontae Smith. Um, he's managed just 0.32 fantasy points per route run um, against man coverage, which ranks 58th. And he's he's managed just a 53.5 receiving grade um, against man coverage, which ranks 56th. And Dallas is one of the most uh, man-heavy defenses in the league, and they are very good uh, at running man defense as well. So I do have at least... Again, tempered expectations for Devontae Smith this week. Um, how do you feel about uh, Devontae? Tempering expectations. And again, this has sort of been like the the point of volatility this mm-hmm. year. Like, is it going to be a Devonta Smith game? Is it going to be a Dallas Goddard game? I could picture this being a little bit more of a Dallas Goddard game. Um, but, you know, I you've said it in the past when I've had questions about Devonta Smith. He's his upside's too high, I think, to really sit him in good conscience. Um, you know, two of his best games this season have come against some of the league's worst passing defenses. Um, week one up against the the Washington Commanders, which, mm-hmm. as we said in this podcast, like hemorrhaging fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, you know, again last week uh, or a week, I'm getting my weeks mixed up. Uh, <laughs> Last week uh, was against the the commanders hemorrhaging fantasy yeah. points to wide receivers week two um, up against the Vikings, which again, like not, not a matchup. You're going to be nervous about whatsoever uh, in terms of your fantasy production. So like, I, I think we've seen a trend like up against some of the tougher defenses. Um, yeah. We've, we've seen some of those lapses there for Devonta Smith. So, I mean, definitely AJ Brown, you you light him up, no questions asked, but not not as high on Devonta Smith here heading into week nine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that that's pretty much where I'm at as well. Like I I almost have to start him, but it's like low end kind of wide receiver too. Um, you're just basically hoping for some upside there. Um, but yeah, he has he has struggled against some of the better defenses, right? So and especially with the AJ Brown show going on right now, he is in the midst of yeah a, a historic run. So um, it, we'll see if that continues this week. Uh, it should be interesting against the Cowboys. Um, let's go to the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday night football. This should be a very good game. Um, I would hope so. Let's start with, uh, let's start with the Bengals side of things. So the bills are giving up the 31st most points to quarterbacks. Joe Burrow has been good though, recently, like he's looked healthier at least, and he's moving around the pocket a little bit more. That is at least encouraging for me. And I, I, I'm still starting Joe Burrow this week. I know it was it was a really rough start to the year, but have you been feeling better about Joe Burrow at least in in the last few weeks? Yeah, he's very much passing the eye test. Like he he yeah. very much looks healthier. T Higgins looks healthier. Like yep. I I think we're really starting to see this entire offense just kind of come in stride. Um, you know, over the last 3 weeks, we've seen a lot of production from Joe Burrow. Um, we've seen eight total passing touchdowns over the last three weeks. And it's not um, necessarily been like shootout matchups that you would expect either. Like, you know, dropping three touchdowns, zero interceptions against the, the 49ers who obviously are on a bit of a skid, but like, this is not an easy defense. So like you, you love to see that. I I just think he's looked so much more comfortable Um, posted finally, um, you know, some production as a rusher last week Um, got, another 43 yards on the ground. I I think you start Joe Burrow, you start Jamar Chase, you start T Higgins and you just kind of keep rolling. I think 
you know, Joe Mixon, good play. I think this is a spot where I'm kind of starting all of my mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals, um, even if it's not necessarily like on paper, a great matchup for Joe Burrow. I right. think this point, this should be a, a matchup conducive to scoring, um, you know, yeah, you, you just, you start these guys. And to that point, I think the Buffalo bills kind of the, the same thing, right? You start, you start Josh Allen. Um, yep. Sounds like he's, he's fully good to go managing a shoulder injury, but uh, practice in, in full here as of Thursday, he should be fine. Um, you know, you're starting Gabe Davis, you're starting Stefan Diggs, you're starting Dalton Kincaid who could have uh, a feast right. of a day up against this Bengals defense, uh, allowing, the most fantasy points in the league to opposing tight ends. The biggest question I think, and really one of the only questions I have about this matchup from a fantasy perspective is what do we do with the Buffalo bills running backs? They brought in Leonard Fournette, signed him to the practice squad remains to be seen if he's going to be elevated here, but Mm -hmm. you have James cook, a very talented former second round pick on your roster very explosive feels like yeah. every time he touches the ball it goes somewhere for 10 yards doesn't matter but you still find a way like if you if you can find a way to get latavius murray on the field you just got to do it <laughs> what is going on and can you trust james cook in the lineup now granted he doesn't need a ton of touches right. to be fantasy relevant because he's so efficient but it just feels like red flag after red flag to me that this this Buffalo Bills coaching staff doesn't seem to trust him in these very, you know, like these short yardage, high value carry situations. Um, you know, it, every time they're on the the end zone, the red zone, in comes Latavius Murray, which, you know, as explosive as as Cook is, that limits your upside for fantasy. Yeah, and it's telling, right, like the how like NFL coaches feel about like player size and stuff like that, too. Like, you know, coming in under 200 pounds and stuff like that. It doesn't matter like how explosive they feel they are. They worry about them, you know, being effective at the goal line. And we did see him get a rushing touchdown this year. I know it was a struggle for him to kind of get in there and cross the goal line when he got it. But he did get at least an opportunity and he, he capitalized. But that was his one rushing touchdown this year, one receiving touchdown. But I think I'm okay with starting James Cook uh, again this week, even though the team brought in Lenny, um, you know, Fournette's not scaring me from starting him at least one more time here until we see what that usage looks like, assuming he plays on the main roster this week and obviously Latavius Murray in the mix, but Cook has been good. Like you said, he's been explosive 11th in yards per carry 11th in PFF rushing grade as well. 79.9 there. So I'm okay with him as my, my RB two this week, Um, you know, in, in probably mid range RB two. So I, I, yeah, I I'd be okay firing him up this week in, in a good matchup here, not amazing matchup, but a perfectly fine matchup. Yeah, I I think that's probably a good way to put it. And again, like I'm not saying that James Cook needs 20 plus carries to be a viable fantasy asset because he's explosive enough that, you know, there's there's room for other running backs in this this field. Right. Mm -hmm. But I want him to get a little bit more work and I want it to be closer to the end zone. And I, I want them to trust him with that. And while I don't love the kind of um, subtle hints that they're giving towards like not trusting James Cook, just from a vibes perspective, not a good situation, <laughs> but fine matchup here. And again, this should be something, this should be a, a game that 
allows them to get some points on the board. I I would love to see a little bit of a shootout here, which, you know, it, I don't know, get James Cook a couple of receptions, let him take one to the house, and then we could call it a day. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with well, you 100%. Yeah, that's it's not asking much, right? Like, we just ask for the simple things in life. And James Cook getting a, a few more touches is is one of those things for sure. Um, and yeah, enough with the, the Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray <laughs> stuff uh, as well. But um, I think that does it for that matchup. Let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers at the New York Jets on Monday Night Football here. So... This will be interesting. Um, it is the New York Jets offense who we know have been a frustrating watch this year, but there's been some positives here and there. And Brees Hall definitely has been one of those. Um, 10th most running backs to running or 10th most fantasy points to running backs. The Chargers are allowing. So Brees uh, Hall is a, a potential top five play here this week. I, I would think considering, you know, his involvement, his explosiveness and how good he's looked, but how do you feel about Garrett Wilson? Because we keep kind of coming back to him. It's it's more, I think, to do with the trust in Zach Wilson. But the Chargers are giving up the third most points to wide receivers. Um, it's a good matchup for, for Garrett Wilson. Do you think he can crack that top 12 wide receivers, I guess, this week for, for PPR purposes? I think he can. Um, and like that really stems from like the target volume, right? You're looking yeah. at this matchup. And what Zach Wilson has done a good job of is targeting his best player so that you love to see that, uh, you know, starting in week four is when we really started to see this come on 14 targets, seven targets, 12 targets, 13 targets. Like you love to see that target share because you know that these aren't necessarily going to be the most efficient targets from Zach Wilson. So you're going to need a little bit extra volume, a little bit of extra love to make that worth your while in fantasy you scored uh, 17 or, or yeah, 17 fantasy points in each of the last two weeks uh, on the back of, you know, those that increased target cherries had 190 receiving yards over the last two weeks. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week two. Um, but again, this is kind of a matchup that like should be a dream, right. And, mm -hmm. and should be a conducive one. Um, to scoring fantasy points. He's obviously getting the targets. Now, um, just played the Eagles in week six, who were just saying allowing a, a league high, um, almost 40 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Like I, I posted 17 fantasy points in that game. I think we could probably expect a very similar outing uh, to what we saw yeah. from the Eagles uh, up against the Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel pretty comfortable about Garrett Wilson, um, the way things have been going lately. So I, I'm fine with him. Definitely fine with Brees Hall. Eh, the rest, I, I don't know so much. I, I'm probably not playing no. the rest of them, including Zach Wilson. I don't care that the Chargers have given up the most points to quarterbacks. Um, if anything, that just makes me feel okay about Garrett Wilson more so than Zach Wilson. Um, so let's talk about the Chargers side of things here. And I mean, feel good about, I mean, okay about starting Justin Herbert inside of the top 10 quarterbacks or so. Austin Eckler as well. Keenan Allen for sure. But the Jets are only, they are um, the best at, at limiting points, fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So 32nd most points to wide receivers. It's not going to stop you from starting Keenan Allen, but Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnston, if one of those guys has to go, they are going to be ones that I'm, I'll am i be avoiding this week going against DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, who have been a very good um, cornerback duo for the Jets. How about you? They've been a great cornerback duo, and the best wide receiver performances we've seen this season have come 
when one or the other was out. You had DJ Reed miss two games mm-hmm. for a concussion. You had Sauce Gardner miss uh, one himself also with a concussion. Um, the best performances we've seen all year have been when they have not been on the field. Uh, they are going to be on the field, so I'm not getting cute with anybody other than my Keenan Allen, I, you know, Justin Herbert, you're starting. I don't love the matchup for mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, he he's coming off a great game. I think he he looks like he's getting a little bit healthier, a little bit more comfortable following that finger injury. Um, you know, but all in all, it's just it's not a great matchup. This is a great secondary that two of the, you know, I, I would argue probably the best cornerback tandem in the league right now. And, you know, like DJ Reed, maybe you know, obviously we all appreciate sauce Gardner, but DJ Reed, probably the more underrated asset of this yeah. group. Um, I don't, I don't love this matchup in terms of efficiency, but yeah, you're, you're starting the chargers that you're starting and you're not getting cute with anybody else. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. And on that note, that is going to wrap up our week nine preview. Uh, thank you everybody. Thank you everybody so much for listening. Thank you to you as well, Kate. I really do appreciate uh, your time and going through this big slate of games with me. I know we had four teams on a bye, but we were able to spend a little bit more time on some of the teams that were playing this week. So I appreciate you uh, doing that. And before we go, um, please let everybody know what else you have up on pff.com this week as well. Yeah, I've got uh, our week eight breakdowns from uh, my panic or antic column and and the rushing report. And then also tomorrow, Friday, uh, we'll be dropping five in case of emergency waiver wire ads. We might have talked about a couple of them here in today's show. So be on the lookout for that. Um, list out some roster ship percentages, uh, but you know some some options if you find yourself in a pinch between the bye weeks and, and some of these brutal injuries we've had as of late. I got you covered. Nice. Like that. And yeah, as for me, um, we got the IDP fantasy report up on the website right now. IDP rankings, the wide receiver man and zone coverage report is up on there as well. And the offensive line, defensive line matchup, uh, article is going to be out on Friday morning from me, but that's going to do it. Good luck in week nine. Enjoy Steelers Titans tonight and, uh, good luck to everybody. And until next time, peace out.